You gotta give us some good news. Yeah. Welcome, Destination Devi listeners. This is Jeff Mueller, Doctor of Physical Therapy, your host for the Destination Devi Injuries Pod. We are officially a quarter of the way through fantasy football season. Hopefully you aren't sitting there at 0-3, 1-2. Hopefully you at least have some wins as a contender and you don't have to dig your way back up to the top. Um, I ask that you bear with me. This is my sixth attempt at recording this week's pod. I am all hopped up on antibiotics. I'm dealing with a sinus infection, so if I stumble over my words, just bear with me. Keep listening. Hopefully it helps. Uh, as every as As it always goes, each week... I'll go quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end if you need to split it up uh, into sections if you're looking for intel or information on a specific player. All right, let's dive into this week's injuries for week four. At quarterback, Joe Burrow, he had been dealing with that calf injury. Uh, Last week, he did look pretty limited. Um, They they really relied more on the low ADOT throws. He kind of struggled on the intermediate to deep throws, although he had some good intermediate throws that were actually dropped mostly by T Higgins. So his production would have been better and the offense would have been, would have been moving a little bit better last week. I do think he's going to do better this week. Each week he gets further along or further away from his re-injury from week two. I think he's going to perform a little bit better and he actually got two full participations in uh, this week. So that's a great sign. He's off the injury report. I, I do hope they tape his, his calf up again just to reduce how much strain or stress goes through his calf every time he scrambles or has to push off that side. Um, it, it should, as it, as it continues to heal, it should allow him to generate some torque and push off that side for more velocity, more accuracy, again, especially on the intermediate to deep throws. So keep an eye on, on how he does this week, but I don't think you should bench him. He still offers quarterback one upside. He's a, he's a very talented quarterback, so I do think this week he plays better. Anthony Richardson, he will be active. He's coming off the concussion. Uh, I do think he he carries secondary concussion risk, but it's not worth it, the the amount of risk is not worth uh, sitting him due to his upside. You know, especially you know if they utilize him similar to Week One uh, when he was playing, I, I do expect him when they get into the red zone goal line situations. I do expect him to be utilized as a rusher, kind of like Jalen Hurts. He offers a unique upside for scoring points. And this actually may, you know, Anthony Richardson being active might be a little damper on Zach Moss and his goal line touches. But I think Anthony Richardson, uh, despite the, the secondary concussion risk, I, I think he's worth starting with quarterback one upside. Um, of note, he does have three of his offensive line starters missing and, and injured. So that might be a little bit of an issue. But again, he carries rushing upside that um, not many quarterbacks carry. So I think he's worth starting this week. Bryce Young, on the other hand, he's coming off the ankle injury. He got three full participations in all week and uh, is good to go for this week. I'm not starting him. He just doesn't carry much upside. I think he's been getting, what, 10 to 12 points each week uh, when he's playing. He has a lower ceiling. And and, and honestly, he's, he's still trying to find his rhythm with this offense. And unfortunately, him being active instead of Andy Dalton, I know you hear the name Andy Dalton. It's like, ah, there's no way he's he's a better quarterback than Bryce Young. But it's the narrative of, you know, the veteran quarterback stepping in and just being a gunslinger, not not being afraid to throw, not being afraid to target his re- receivers and give them chances to catch the ball. So I think Bryce Young does put a little damper on Adam Thielen and DJ Chark, unfortunately. Um, and for fantasy purposes, I'm not starting Bryce Young. 
Deshaun Watson, he's dealing with a right shoulder contusion or bruise. He did get three limited participations in throughout the week. Um, he has stated that he he expects himself to play. Um, of note, though, the Browns did elevate uh, P.J. Walker up from the practice squad. So sometimes that's a sign that the team is expecting their starter to, to not play. So just keep an eye on Watson's status. If Watson does play, I think he will likely be limited, kind of similar to Joe Burrow, but due to the shoulder. Um, I, I do think he's going to be limited in intermediate to deep throws, accuracy-wise, and probably carries more of a quarterback two upside. So just keep an eye on his status. I don't think Amari Cooper will be limited. If Deshaun, if Deshaun Watson plays, I think it's a little boost to Elijah Moore, given his role and low ADOT. Um, I, I do think if Watson plays, it's likely a reduction to uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. So just monitor Watson's status. Now, the other thing, the other, the other variable that I, I'm not sure how we can uh, predict this one, but depending on if Watson plays, if, if Watson plays, well, either way, if Watson plays or he doesn't, I would guess that they lean a little bit more on the run game. So it should be a, a pretty good, pretty decent volume game for Jerome Ford. Derek Carr, I'll be surprised if Derek Carr plays. He is coming off a right AC sprain. Reports from Nick Underhill did state that Carr looked sharp in red zone drills, deep throws, all of that. But again, it, it really depends on one, how does he how does he throw? How is his accuracy? Does his arm fatigue? Does it start hurting as the game goes on? And what happens if he slammed onto his right side, if he takes a big hit? So I, the AC joint, the AC sprain could be worsened. The injury could be worsened if he takes a hard hit. My guess is the Saints lean or, or roll with Jameis Winston this week um, just to keep the offense going and, and get Derek Carr closer to 100%. Keep an eye on Carr's status, though. Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo, he is dealing with a concussion. He got limited participations in all three days out of the week, but he is still in concussion protocol. Um, we still haven't heard. It's 1.20 p.m. Western time, or sorry, Pacific time, Western time, um, Pacific time on Saturday, and we still haven't heard if Jimmy Garoppolo is playing. So just keep an eye on his status. My get, My gut is that Jimmy Garoppolo won't play. Um, just keep an eye on his status again. If if I have no idea what to predict here, if Brian Hoyer plays, if Aiden O'Connell plays, uh, if Aiden O'Connell plays, my guess is he'll be a little bit more of a gunslinger compared to Brian Hoyer, and he should be able to at least maintain Devonta Adams and Jacoby Myers' production. My hope, um, especially since they play the Chargers. Uh, of note. If O'Connell or Hoyer are playing, my guess is Josh Jacobs will see a mass increase in touches, and Joey Bosa was actually just downgraded to doubtful. So this should be a pretty good game, a pretty good bounce back for Josh Jacobs, but just keep an eye on the quarterback situation. At running back, Austin Eckler is doubtful as expected with a high ankle sprain. Uh, this makes sense considering the, the Chargers are on bye next week. It gives them two more weeks just to get to full health. This is going to be a long season. The Chargers will probably be fine this week just with Joshua Kelly at running back. I have no idea if you should start Joshua Kelly. My, you know, this is one. Of, this seems like one of those situations where we've we played him. He's stunk the last two games. We finally bench him. This is a great matchup. He finally goes off for like twenty points. So he's probably gonna he's probably gonna get some solid production if he's on your bench. If you start him, he's probably gonna put up two to three points. So just 
coin flip that decision. If you have a really good pivot, play them over Joshua Kelly. Just know it's a good matchup. And especially if if it is Brian Hoyer or um, Aiden O'Connell playing, most likely it's going to be a positive run game script. So, again, that could be another boost to Joshua Kelly. Uh, just good luck with that decision. Expect Austin Eckler to play week six without limitations. Saquon Barkley is another running back coming off a high ankle sprain. Uh, he is playing in Monday night football. So thankfully, you know, usually on these, we have to wait on uh, his update or his status on Sat on Sunday. But thankfully today, Saturday, we got an update that he is listed as doubtful. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't rely on Saquon Barkley as a flex play. Get him out of your rosters. Um, some people were, were recommending, you know, put Saquon Barkley in your flex and then have a backup option like Zach Charbonnet or Matt Breida to start if Barkley winds up being inactive. I don't think they those guys are going to be good enough uh, pivot options for you this week. So my recommendation would just be, especially since he's doubtful, assume Saquon's not playing, pick your best player, to start over Saquon Barkley, who's playing on on Sunday. And then I would expect Saquon Barkley to play in week five without limitation. He It sounds like he was pretty close this week, uh, but they've made him doubtful. So expect Saquon Barkley back week five. Brees Hall, he I wanted to touch on him because he hasn't suffered another re-injury or setback or anything, but he is actually off the injury report for the first time all season and he got two full participations in for the first time all season. I would expect his snaps to continue to rise and touches to continue to increase. You know, Hall's pro- progression each week has been from week one to week three, snaps 31%, 34%, 49%. And then last game he saw 13 touches to Dalvin Cook's snap reduction each week from 50%, 36% to 25%. Although Dalvin did see 11 touches last game on only 25 snap, 25% snaps. I do expect Brees Hall to be potentially unleashed this week. What does that mean? I have no idea because Zach Wilson has been absolutely horrid. The I rewatched that Jets game, wanted to gouge my eyes out. The Jets' offensive line is absolutely terrible. There's some plays where, where Brees Hall actually was pretty decent, but this offensive line is not helping him out at all. So... I don't know if we want to play Brees Hall, especially in this matchup against the the Jet or the uh, the Chiefs. Um, this is going to be a tough matchup. It's going to be a negative game script. Maybe they get Brees Hall more involved as a receiver, but I I just most likely you have better options for now. I, I like starting Brees Hall better in week week five, week six. Jerome Ford. I touched on him earlier with Deshaun Watson. Um, I think this week the Browns likely lean a little bit even more on on Jerome Ford this week, and he should be good to go. He popped up on the injury report on Wednesday with a shoulder strain. He was a limited participation, but got full participations in uh, Thursday, Friday, and he is fully good to go off the injury report. I'm viewing him as a running back, too, with upside, Uh, especially, you know, if if someone's going to score, especially if Deshaun Watson's out, if someone's going to score, it's likely going to be Jerome Ford, so it should be fine as a play, especially as a flex play. Justice Hill... He is listed as questionable, but is expected to play. He went from did not participate to a limited participant on Thursday to a full participant on Friday with a with a foot injury. Um, sounds like he's expected to play. He's been trending upwards. This, in my opinion, does put a damper on Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards 
is also good to go. He was dealing with a concussion, head injury, um, and he was taken off the injury report. But Justice Hill, when healthy, when active, Hill was the one getting the goal line work and the red zone work. And Gus Edwards, his production, his him paying off as even a running back too, has kind of banked on him getting some red zone work and, and potentially getting a touchdown. You know, he only had... He was only putting up five, six points in the games where he didn't get a touchdown, and he only had 12 points when he did score a touchdown. He's not getting any receiving work. He's the kind of guy who's going to get you 10 to 12 touches, maybe 50, 60 yards, so like five, six points a week. And then it, if he gets you a touchdown, he gets you 12 points. So that's a, it's just a, it's a low floor. It's a low ceiling play. I don't want to start Gus Edwards, especially with Justice Hill active. Even with Justice Hill active, I don't want to start Justice Hill either. He's... Just say Justice Hill gets the touchdowns if he takes over that that goal line work again. Hill is the kind of guy who's going to get you twelve or ten to ten to twenty yards and maybe a touchdown. So just low ceilings overall. Just pick somebody else. Miles Sanders he's dealing with a groin injury and list is questionable. He actually went from limited participations Wednesday Thursday to downgraded on Friday with a did not participate. Monitor this really closely. Typically. Anytime a player gets downgraded, uh, these players tend to typically miss the game that week. So uh, Frank Reich seemed optimistic that Sanders would play, but they've also made comments, him and Deuce Staley have made comments that they want to keep Miles Sanders healthy for the whole year. It's a long season. Shuba Hubbard could be a a viable fill-in for them for the week uh, if Miles Sanders misses. So I have a gut feeling on this one that Miles Sanders will actually sit and even if he's active, I would be tempted to just bench him uh, given re-injury risk and uh, just the fact that Bryce Bryce Young is back at quarterback. It's probably a low-ceiling game for Miles Sanders, even if he's active. So I would bench Miles Sanders, pick somebody else, and then if Miles Sanders is out, Chuba Hubbard is probably a running back three flex option for you. Elijah Mitchell, of note, he suffered a knee injury shocker on Thursday in practice. Um, he did not he did not participate in practice on Friday, and Lissa is questionable. I would want to I, I wanted to touch on him because you're not starting Elijah Mitchell in in uh, fantasy at all. Um, he's more of a best ball kind of guy. He's injury prone. Uh, only only CMC is startable, you know, out of this backfield. But it makes me wonder if Jordan Mason starts to get more touches, and if Jordan Mason becomes that that. Uh, the stash that we would want. So just keep an eye on Elijah Mitchell's uh, status before the game. I, I don't expect him to play. At wide receiver, Debo Samuel, sticking with the Niners here, coming off Elijah Mitchell. Uh, Debo Samuel, he's been dealing with more of a knee injury versus the ribs. He had a play where he slammed his left knee onto the ground, and um, he said it felt fine during, but after the game it swelled up. He showed up Monday, Tuesday. It was still swollen, bothering him a little bit. So he is pushing to play. It sounds more like a knee bruise in that case, if that is the case. He could play and still be very effective. Um, Even through the rib injuries, he can still be effective. So if he plays, I think he's worth a wide receiver three flex boom option because, again, anytime Debo plays, he's viable for, and he could just go off any given week. Um, If he's inactive, I love the play of Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle being in your starting rosters no matter what as boom options. 
Brandon Ayuk is also fully good to go. He's off the injury report. And this should be a boom game incoming. Wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside, especially if Ayuk, or sorry, if, especially if Debo is out. Um, Ayuk offers a ton of upside against this Arizona defense. He should be the priority, the number one target for um, Brock Purdy this week. Jerry Judy, he was dealing with a knee injury, popped up on the injury report on Wednesday with a limited participation. He did get full participations in and uh, is fully good to go. This is a great matchup. Coming off the hamstring strain, so the, the knee, you know, the fact that it was listed as a knee, I, I'm kind of curious just to watch his status as the weeks go on. Is this more of a compensatory injury coming off the hamstring? Uh, is it just more of a load management deal and they listed him with the knee? So we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, monitor his status, which I'll do. Um, but every week he gets further and further away from the hamstring strain that he suffered in, in preseason. Uh, every week he gets further away from that. He should continue to produce pretty well. And this might be his best matchup to date. So I think Jerry Judy should offer wide receiver two production with wide receiver upside. If he can get a touchdown here. Uh, I love his upside this week. Odell Beckham, he's already listed as out with the ankle re-injury. He, for sure, out this week, he could miss another one to two weeks. He didn't even get any practice in this week. And then Rashad Bateman, he was listed as out with a hamstring strain. He also didn't practice all week. We'll have to wait and see to see how long uh, Bateman's going to be out, possibly another week after this. But this puts Nelson Aguilar, as gross as that sounds, Nelson Aguilar on the map as a wide receiver four, wide receiver three option, flex option, uh, because Aguilar becomes the wide receiver one on the outside for the Ravens. Um, you know, Zay Flowers, I expect, for fantasy purposes, I expect Zay Flowers to be the wide receiver one uh, from pr- a production standpoint, but Aguilar will, should be lining up as a wide receiver one on the outside. So uh, Lamar Jackson has been impressed with Aguilar. He's been leaning on him a little bit. Aguilar had a fantastic touchdown, I think, last week or two weeks ago. So if you need a desperate wide receiver play, Aguilar winds up being on the map. DeAndre Hopkins, he's still kind of dealing with an ankle lingering injury, um, but he's been able to play. You know, he went from a limited participant to a full participant on uh, Friday. Oh, and I just got a notification. Uh, 49ers appear to be optimistic on Debo Samuel that he will play. So that's a great update for Debo Samuel. I, I would say, again, uh, as if he's active, especially after his week last week, you have to put him in your roster. Uh, back to DeAndre Hopkins, wheels up on him, e- even with the ankle re-injury and, and the fact that the Titans haven't exactly been the most effective offense and the Bengals do present a tough matchup for DeAndre Hopkins. Traylon Burks is out. I expect DeAndre Hopkins to be the target hog here for Ryan Tannehill. You know, 10 to 15 targets for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, they, he should be able to at least produce wide receiver three numbers, I would think. Um he still carries a little bit of ankle re-injury risk there, but given the, the projected volume that he's going to see, you have to play him. Traylon Burks, uh, as I mentioned with touch on DeAndre Hopkins, Burks is already listed as out with the left knee injury. He's been, I, I'm viewing him as week to week. Mike Vrabel said this is not a setback from his prior LCL injury, but we have to look objectively. This is the same knee, uh, same knee that he had the LCL injury, uh, in preseason, and then same knee that he tore his ACL in the past. He's had issues actually last year too. He was seen with a wrap on his left knee periodically throughout the season, uh, and now he was 
you know, he was limited last week. This week, he comes into practice, massive rep on his left knee. Now he's listed as out. He's obviously dealing with something. Uh, I, I personally think it's a potential meniscus injury that he that he likely suffered, you know, during the LCL injury. So keep an eye on this. His left knee is a ticking time bomb. I don't like this situation at all. I was recommending a couple weeks back, just get out off of Traylon Burks. You probably missed your window if you've been holding at this point. You might as well just hold and hope that Burks comes back at some point and offers that big play threat ability, goes off one game, and then at that point sell if you can. So, But for now, don't be surprised if Traylon Burks, he's out this week. Don't be surprised if he's out next week as well. And just view him as week to week. Zay Jones, he's already been listed as out with his knee injury. It's I think this is his second week that he is out. Um, third week limited by the knee. I, again, I'm viewing him week to week. He didn't practice at all this week. I think there's a chance he misses next week as well. So this should be another boost to Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram. Both of them should be in your starting rosters. Evan Ingram offers tight end one upside, especially given the landscape at tight end. Um, and then Christian Kirk offers wide receiver three uh, production with upside if he can get a touchdown. Jalen Waddle, he has been cleared and is fully good to go coming off the concussion. Wheels up on him. He does have a tough matchup, and obviously Tyreek Hill has been getting majority of the production uh, when they're both active, but Waddle is a big play threat waiting to happen. So, you know, he the volume is not has not been what we initially projected or expected from Waddle. But again, any week, you, you want you want to play anyone out of this Miami offense right now. They are wheels up, you know, just firing on all cylinders. Jalen Waddle offers any given week wide receiver one upside, even if he scores as wide, re- wide receiver three. Typically, he offers wide receiver one upside. So start him this week. Devonta Smith, he's coming off the illness. He is good to go. He missed Thursday in practice, but returned. Uh, he's more of a boom bust, actually, actually somewhat similar to Waddle, not getting as much weekly volume as we expected. But um, again, he's a big play waiting to happen. Uh, teams are honing in on A.J. Brown as their wide receiver one. Uh, it leaves Devonta Smith open for these big play threats. You know, that one week, he didn't get much volume, but he had something like a 60-yard touchdown, beat the defense over the top. He's just a big play waiting to happen. So it should be safe to start Devonta Smith if you need him. Puka Nakua, he has gotten full participations in this week. Great sign. Uh, there was never really any, even if he got limited participations in, uh, never really a threat to sit or be out this week, but just good to, good to see and good to know that the oblique injury seems to be behind him. Wheels up on Puka Nakua against one of the worst man coverage defenses in the league. This should be, you know, he should return to that 10 to 15 target upside with, you know, he just boom, boom upside here. And I actually like, even with Puka just fully healthy against this defense, I, I still like Tutu Atwell, at least until Cooper Cup is back. Um, to touch on Cooper Cup, actually, too, the plan is the Rams will be activating Cooper Cup's 21-day activation window, and the plan is to have Cup practice next week, So, which is, which is right off the timeline of, you know, he's missed four games now. Uh, he's eligible to return week five if he's ready. I expect the Rams to play to slow play this and just make sure that Cooper Cup is fully ready to go performance, you know, return to performance, not just return to play. McVay, Sean McVay has has emphasized that point. We're not going to play Cooper Cup unless he shows the ability to return to performance. 
basically 110%. I know that's not actually possible, but 110% uh, healthy. So we'll have to wait and see. We, we have no idea how Cooper Cup is doing right now. We, we just know that the window is going to be activated. We'll find out next week in practice. I, I expect Cooper Cup to either play week five or week six, week seven for sure. So just wait and see on him. Marquise Brown, uh, he is listed as questionable coming off a thumb injury due to the thumb injury suffered on Thursday in practice, plus a tough matchup against the Niners defense. He's likely going to be the primary focus on this for this Niners defense. So I would recommend, even if he's active, I would sit him due to re-injury risk with a thumb and then the tough matchup. I just don't, I'm not sure if the ceiling is worth the risk here. So I would sit Marquise Brown. DJ Chark, he had been coming off a hamstring strain. He was fully removed from the injury report. He is good to go. I touched on him, you know, he, I touched on him a little bit talking on Bryce Young. Uh, He had 11 targets last game, but again, that's with Andy Dalton. Uh, We don't know how he's going to do with Bryce Young. I would expect this offense to be more limited in the passing game with Bryce Young at quarterback versus Andy Dalton, just because Dalton was a gunslinger. I don't expect DJ Chark to get 11 targets. Um, and who knows, maybe maybe he does break off a big touchdown again, but this is a risky play in my opinion. DJ Chark should be viewed as like a wide receiver five, wide receiver four, desperate flex option if you're in a really deep league. Um, but the good news is he's off the injury report, so the hamstring itself should not bother him. At tight end, David Njoku popped up on the injury report today on Saturday due to suffering burns on his hand, arm, and face after a fire pit incident at his house. Quite an quite an interesting addition to the injury report. Now, my initial reaction was, man, if he's dealing with burns, the skin is going to be really sensitive. Um, anytime the defend any defender pulls on that side or or you know has to tackle him, there's the risk of that. That's going to hurt a lot. There's the risk of him fumbling. Um, there's the risk of him dropping a pass, uh, playing limited snaps. So it, it's kind of a risky play, in my opinion. You should view David Njoku as a tight end, too, if he plays this week, if he does suit up. Of note, though, he did tweet out a tweet that, that word for word said, the flesh is weak, see you tomorrow, hashtag dog pound. So he's a baller, in my opinion. You know, he's, he's mentally tough. We'll just have to wait and see how he actually produces. If uh, if Deshaun Watson isn't at quarterback, who knows how he's how Njoku's going to produce with DTR at quarterback. Um, I don't love that play as much. There's probably other tight ends who carry higher upside. And realistically, Njoku just has not been utilized the way we thought he would, especially considering out of camp, uh, preseason training camp, there were a ton of reports saying David Njoku is going to be a primary um, pass catcher in this offense. He's going to be a red zone threat, blah, blah, blah. We haven't seen it to date. He's only produced like six points max, uh, each week. So in my opinion, find another tight end option for now. Hope he plays well. Uh, but yeah, probably just find another tight end option this week, even though he's tough as nails. Foster Moreau, he's listed as questionable coming off the ankle strain, ankle injury. Uh, not sure he'll have much impact on Juwan Johnson, but not even sure I want to start Juwan Johnson anyways this week. Um, granted, if Jameis Winston is active, you know, he's a gunslinger. He'll just, he'll sling the rock. He might be a better quarterback option for Juwan Johnson, but I, I view, I view these tight ends as more of a absolutely desperate. I have no other option type play. Otherwise I, I would rather them just be on waivers or bench. 
Logan Thomas, he's coming off the concussion. He is active, fully good to go. He should slide right back into his role and be a tight end two with low end tight end one upside if he can score a touchdown. Uh, he's been a key player for Sam Howell and this Washington offense. The downside is Howell has been spreading the ball out so much that all of these guys, you know, McLaurin, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Logan Thomas, Curtis Samuel, they they offer a relatively safe floor, but a really low ceiling. So kind of a bummer there. But again, for tight end, that's kind of what we want because the tight end landscape sucks. It's We just don't have many options. So Logan Thomas, if you were banking on him producing, uh, he should be safe to play this week. And then Irv Smith coming off the hamstring strain. He's still out. I You don't want to start any Bengals tight end here. So I just needed to mention him. Uh, one other injury to touch base on, Nick Chubb. You know, he did have surgery on Thursday. Uh, Thursday or Friday, actually. Uh, one of those days. One one interesting thing to note, I, I would have expected to hear by now how that surgery went, especially if it was good news. Um, there, there's the chance that, it, you know, possibilities in my mind, the surgery did go well, that it was just an MCL repair, didn't have to do anything with the ACL, but Nick Chubb doesn't want to be a distraction for the Browns team uh, and, wants, and, and would rather the news leak, you know, after week four is played. So... I, I'm just kind of curious why we haven't heard yet. So there, there is that possibility. There's also the possibility that, you know, the news wasn't as great, that the ACL did have to get reconstructed, and Nick Chubb doesn't want that news to be um, leaked because it could put a little damper, you know, a mental damper on the Browns uh, and get them in a bad mood leading up to the game. So I, I'm kind of anticipating sometime later on Sunday or Monday hearing how the surgery actually went. I'm still on the side of... Just just seeing the level of trauma, knowing that there actually is at least a partial ACL tear, I think the news actually made some people more likely to buy him, acquire him in Dynasty for next year. I, I think the news is going to be bad. I, I do think the ACL is going to have some involvement, but I think this, this news, um, the relatively optimistic initial report last week, opened up a window to sell Nick Chubb, so I would be doing that just before Sunday's games and before any more news comes out. Because uh, even, just say you sell on the optimistic news, say say the news comes out on Nick Chubb's surgery and the news is optimistic that it was just MCL. If you sell right now, you're at least getting value off of that news too, kind of with the assumption that it's just MCL. But say news comes out that, hey, you know what, I, there was that optimistic report that it was just MCL, but uh, when Doc was in there, he had to reconstruct the ACL. Well, that value is now gone. So right now I view it as a window to sell. Just you have one more day, in my opinion. Um, see what you can do. All right, that covers all main injuries this week. If you have any questions, please reach out in the Destination Devi Players Injuries channel and follow me on Twitter at JamThrivePT for live updates as any injuries occur. Again, I hope I didn't ramble on too much. I, I'm, all, I'm about halfway through the antibiotics. Hopefully the sinus infection clears up. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, give you some more DFS check, check my Twitter. Um, I'll, I'll keep posting some insight there as, as we hear more updates from Schefter and Ian Rappaport, especially for some DFS plays. I, I just haven't had the energy or time to, to look at it. So, uh, thanks for bearing with me and I wish you all good luck. I hope you guys all get wins this week. All right. Take care. Doctors, doctors. Doctors.
Abgefeuert ist.